welcome to Social Media Blues. My name is Elsa Figueroa, and this is episode six. All right, here we are. One day late, but still here. Week six, you guys. I'm really excited. Before I dive in into today's topic, which is how to read books in the 21st century, I just wanted to check in quickly about social media. Um, I'm still doing the same stuff. I'm still not using Facebook on my phone. I'm still doing most of my social media content, crafting outside of social media, and then I just post later. And I'm still using Instagram about once a day to post my videos and to post my promotional stuff, but for the most part, I'm just off of it. It's so, so I'm really glad that the social media detox really helped me reset my social media detox, my social media usage. So I'm encouraging you guys to try it out because it was very, a very powerful experience for me, even though I had to go back to social media in order to continue marketing my business, I'm still not spending a lot of time on it. And actually when I saw my usage, so every week the phone gives you a report of your usage per app and in general, and it seems like my usage went down last week, which was surprising because I thought for sure I had gone up. So my perception of how much I'm using my phone was not accurate. So that's another thing that I encourage you to check out if you don't have that, um, if you don't have that uh, that feature enabled on your phone, check it out because it's very useful if you're trying to use your phone less, which you should. Anyway, um, I also found this short film on YouTube that I really loved. It's called A Social Life. You can type a social life on YouTube and I think let me check if I can find the um the channel specifically oh my god I think it was called something like Kareth films or something like that um Kareth lemon pictures yes so I encourage you to check it out it's only about 10 minutes long and it's a very accurate portrayal of what it might look like for some people when what they're posting, this, this um, extreme disconnect between what they're posting and what their actual life looks like. Very interesting. Okay, so what else is new? I talked to my social media coach, as I like to call her, last Sunday over the phone. And that was super helpful. She is someone that has her finger on the pulse of social media marketing. So she can just tell me what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, so that I can just go ahead and make modifications and then continue to, to post um, around the feedback that she provides. So that's helpful because then I get to spend less time thinking about social media and researching social media marketing so that I can use the time elsewhere because it can get really easy to fall down that trap that social media trap especially when you're trying to promote your business you can it's tricky because it might start to feel like you're being super productive when you're not and you might be taking time away from doing more productive work for your business 
So be mindful. Okay, today's topic. How to read books in the 21st century. Why did I choose this topic? Well, during said social media detox, I rediscovered the pleasure of reading for hours on end. That hadn't happened in I don't know how long. So it was very delightful. I've always been someone that loves to read. I've always been around books ever since I was little. I love books. Books were really important to my dad. So there were books in my bedroom. There were children's encyclopedias, short story collections. So I was always reading. And then when I got to college, I, I, I got my hands on way more books than I had before. And... I, I did a lot of required reading as well as lots of pleasure reading. So I read a whole lot when I was in college because I was a liberal arts major. And so there were all these literature classes and history classes and linguistics classes. So I had to read a bunch. And then after that, I was, I was working in an office in the corporate world for a couple of years. And during that time, I did manage to keep up with my reading because... You know, there was, there was more of a routine and reading was actually, um, you know, it was, it was something that cut you away from the routine. At the time, I, cell phones were not that prevalent in my life and definitely no smartphones. So it was a different time. It was a different relationship to technology. So it seems to me that social media and smartphones definitely impacted at least my own reading habits. I can easily burn 30 to 45 minutes on Facebook or Instagram. You know that it's very easy or just fall down a YouTube hole. And it's not that it's not that that's bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's also time that you could spend reading. And so when people say, Oh, I don't have time to read books. I like to challenge that. Because people do spend time doing a bunch of things that are not necessarily necessary. And that's time that they could be using to do something else. I'm not saying that you should just give up all your free time to reading books. I'm just saying that the time is there if you care to find it. And the reason why I, I chose this topic um, also is because I've always sort of struggled with trying to explain to people the importance of reading books. I, I've, I've tried to explain this to many people in the past, especially when I was younger. And I had friends who would confront me, and yes, confront is the right word, about reading. Why would you read a novel? What does that do? What's the point? What do you learn? How can you apply that in the real world? It's not like you're reading about carpentry or reading how to make a meal. You're just reading about some random people in some random country in the 19th century. Well, at the time was when these conversations happened. I was 19 or so, and I had no idea how to even start articulating an answer for all my book reading. So, um, yeah, and, and there they have, they have a valid point as much as it infuriated me at the time. 
And I don't know if I still have an answer for those people who pestered me about reading, but I definitely have some ideas about why it's important today. First of all, even if you don't think yourself of yourself as a reader, we are all readers. We are living in a world that is text-based. We love to talk about how images are so important, how an image is worth more than a thousand words and other such cliches. But the truth of the matter is that without language to contextualize the images that we see, we are not always able to make much meaning out of those images. Think about an experience like walking into a museum, an, an art exhibit, and staring at a painting or photograph and not really knowing what to make of it until you read the title. And how many times have you scrolled through Pinterest or not Pinterest, sorry, Instagram or Facebook and not really getting what a, an image, what a picture is about until you read the caption? I've definitely seen people posting photos of themselves without any context whatsoever, no explanation, and I'm like, why am I supposed to care? So language is still the main way in which we make meaning, okay? So without those, um, without those words to contextualize the images, sometimes we're going to be at a loss. And think about you know, your daily life. Try to go a day without writing or reading something. Is it really possible to communicate nowadays without using text in some form or another? So we're constantly using text and yet it seems like reading, long form reading of articles, of books, of magazines, of uh, um, essays, is, is going by the wayside. So th this is, for me, kind of a contradiction, right? Because our society is more text-based than it was decades ago when it was possible to go a whole day, a whole week, without interacting through the means of text. And nowadays, it's not really that possible when you think about it, unless you're in certain very physical fields, but even so, people are, are expecting you to text them, um, to post on their Facebook walls and whatnot, and the main way that we have to communicate is language, and in this case, writing of language. So we're all readers, and we're all writers in some way or another. And yet, you know, we're reading, we're, it seems to be that we're reading a lot less, or our attention for reading has decreased. And so I think that reading books is one of the main reasons why I think it's so important nowadays, especially nowadays, is that reading a book provides you with the full context of an idea. You can, when you sit to read a book or a long-form essay, you are usually, depending on what you're reading, but usually you're getting the idea from, the, the, the development of an idea from its beginnings to its conclusions, right? And so you're getting the full context of things and you're seeing the ideas 
within the the particular framework that they were originally presented. So what happens a lot in our meme-oriented culture is that we get all these memes and these cliches and these intellectual sort of conclusions out there in the ether, completely detached from their original sources. And so when ideas get copied and repeated and repeated over and over again, it's like a photocopy. Eventually, it loses resolution. And so all these ideas are just spread out into the world, and you're not getting the full context of the ideas. You're not getting the source. When you're not used to reading a book, you're not seeing how ideas, certain ideas usually get born. You don't, you're not seeing how an idea is taken from hypothesis or from original inspiration to full-fledged conclusion. And I'm talking in very general terms because I don't want to talk about anything specific. This could apply to science, this could apply to literature, philosophy, and so on and so forth. But the point is that we get all these detached motivational phrases or um, data completely out of context and then we don't know where they came from or what to make of them. And that could be potentially detrimental to our understanding of the world. Another way in which book reading helps you is that you expose your mind to new ideas that are not easily accessible elsewhere. I found myself reading things where I'm thinking, wow, why isn't this out there? Why aren't more people talking about this? And it's all in that book. It's all in that essay. It's all in that article. And it's not really accessible to people um, because just a lot of people are not willing to sit down and read through it. And so, you know, that's a shame because some of these ideas could be really helpful. I, I just read a novel by Barbara Kingslover titled Unsheltered. And there were so many moments in that book where I thought, oh my God, so many people need to read this. They, they need to read this in order to have a new framework to reframe their current suffering, their economic distress. This is really powerful stuff. And, you know, I could recommend it to a few friends and, and talk about it. But, you know, the truth is that maybe, you know, a, couple, a handful of them are, are going to read it. And, you know, I guess that's okay. But this novel is a great example of how a book, a, a fiction book that is, quote-unquote, not teaching you anything practical, can actually provide a very interesting way of reframing a social problem that might be affecting you personally. So I encourage you to pick up that book, especially if you're struggling with financial distress. Um, also, reading a book gives you private time with your own mind, with your own thoughts, on one focused activity. It's really kind of impossible to multitask while reading. Um, you can, you know, you can always drink or eat while you're reading, or you can... Um, I don't know what else that you can do while reading. Um, sit in the top. 
If you're listening to an audiobook, then you know, then you can do more things. But in general, it's very focused. And this this experience of doing one thing in a very focused manner where you have to really concentrate is nowadays so so rare that being able to do it is is incredibly valuable to our minds because we are so used to multitasking. People will now sit on their phones while watching TV shows and movies and you know it's it's you have to wonder if that's really how how much are they absorbing of anything in particular. So reading doesn't allow you to multitask really and that is very powerful and very important in and of itself. And I've mentioned that the dangers of multitasking previously, but basically to sum it up, it's just not good for you. <laughs> and actually the more you do it, the worse you get at it. So, you know, it just takes away from the general experience of things. And sometimes you can't help with multitask, but sometimes when you can't help it, you just don't want to turn that off. And I want to invite people to not multitask sometimes. See how that feels. Um, and another reason why sitting to read a book um, privately with your thoughts um, is important is because you're also, when you're reading a physical book that is not on a screen, like a Kindle, which I use, by the way, sometimes, um, but if it's a physical book, then you're not getting tracked. You're not getting surveilled. If you underline a sentence, if you dug your page, if you put down the book, if you, you know, went to the library, to the bookstore, and, and bought a new book, it's not getting tracked. You're not, there's no surveillance involved. And also nowadays, that is so important, right? Just being able to have that sense of true privacy where you're not wondering if you're being followed if your interests are not being logged somewhere just to serve you more ads. I think it's important to have to keep that in mind because we're getting more and more surveillance and tracking, especially now when it seems that our phones are listening to us. Where honest to God, I'll be talking about something that I've never even looked up on Google, and then I open my browser to find an ad for that same thing that I was talking about. And it's just kind of scary. And it makes you wonder, who's listening? So when you're reading a physical book, nobody's listening. And that can be, that can be an interesting experience nowadays. Um, apart from that, you know, reading books really gives you, expands your semantic range. It gives you the full semantic landscape of words, where you might be able to look up a meaning in the dictionary, a definition, um, but when you see it in context, again, in a book or in an essay or article, that's different. It, it really colors the, the word, the term. And that's very powerful, especially if you're trying to learn a foreign language. I think that I've always said people don't talk enough about reading when learning foreign languages. And they always talk about, oh, how it's important to talk to other people and conversational, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's important. 
But people do get into very specific speech patterns, and there's plenty of words that they don't use when they're talking, especially if you're not talking to experts or you're not in the academic field. So reading books in your foreign languages or even in your own native language can give you more more access to a a wider variety of words. And, And that enriches your ability to understand things and to articulate things. Language is how we make meaning. And sometimes we take language for granted. And you know that language is a tool. It's, it's a tool that we're really using to make meaning out of the world. And without language, we wouldn't be able to transfer knowledge from one generation to the other. And we wouldn't be where we are as a species and as a civilization without language and without writing and reading. <laughs> so, you know. Um, so anyway, you're someone who maybe has that book that you've been meaning to read for a long time. Maybe you've picked it up a couple times and they just can't get through it. And you're just frustrated or are, have just arrived at the conclusion that you're not someone that reads. You're not a reader. Well, before I talk about how to make space for reading, there's also, I want to address that there's also physiological components to reading, right? The very real ones that might be impacting your ability to read. Lots of vision problems, tracking problems. Um, those things can really get in the way. And if you find yourself sitting down to read and it becomes physically uncomfortable, then maybe get your eyes checked Maybe try to look into what's causing the discomfort because there might be, there's probably a very real physiological problem that's impacting your ability to read. Um, there's also the part of emotional trauma around reading. If you were chastised or grounded as a child because you failed some literature tests or you were forced to read in very contrived circumstances, then you might have a negative experience around reading. And I have some solutions for that. Um, If you want to reintroduce reading to your life and have a more positive experience with it, make it comfortable, right? You can make make it a whole thing. Make it a date with yourself. You can activate your other senses, like lighting a candle, scent candle, or having some wine, or playing some soothing music, and getting in a very comfortable space to read. Make it really comfortable. It doesn't have to be, it's reading is pleasure. There's a a sensual pleasure to reading. There's a very, there's a very real physicality to it that, that I personally enjoy. Um, just having the book in my hands, just for me, it's, it's very soothing. It's it triggers this relaxation mode for me to read. Um, so you want to get yourself there. If it's triggering some stressful signals for you, then try to make it into an experience that you can relax into. Reading is supposed to be fun to a certain extent. It's not meant to be torture. Um, if you find it hard to visually follow the lines, you can try audiobooks. I personally don't really enjoy that because 
I, I get distracted and I want to start doing stuff, but you might try it out and it might work out for you. I might try it out again. Just when I tried in the past, it wasn't very successful. But um, that, that's an option. That is another option, especially if you're having visual problems. You get rid of that entirely. Um, and another thing is to, like I said in a past episode, blocking out time for it. And you can use uh, the dif different techniques for, for this. You can say, I'm just going to sit to read five minutes a day. That's it, just five minutes. And you don't even put pressure on yourself to even actually read. Just sit with a book as if you were going to read every day for five minutes. I mean, it depends on how bad it is for you. Some people just can't absolutely sit through a page of reading. And some people can do it for a few minutes, but then, you know, their things get in the way. If it's really important to you, if you have identified reading a book as a... As something that adds some sort of value to your life, then um, blocking out the time to do it is important, not just waiting for the time to show up. When people say, I don't have the time, what it really means is it's not a priority for me. That's what it really means. You prioritized other things before that. That's it. So... I suggest looking at the social media usage or the app usage or the YouTube rabbit hole falling down situation and seeing how you can subtract some of that time and funnel it back into reading time. Um, and, you know, be patient, start small, be consistent, just as with anything. Don't set super ambitious goals of, I'm going to read this book in two weeks. No, 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 no. Like I said, set a time goal of, I'm going to read five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however much you can stand to read. And, and find something, if you're just starting out or acquainting yourself with reading, find something that's super interesting and it's super accessible, right? It doesn't have to be the most dense book you can possibly find look for something fun that's related to your interests and that way you're sure to want to go back to it right um whenever I have periods of not reading I usually get back to it through a very you know one of those page turners so I just try to find a book that will do that for me and then that helps me ease back into reading and after that then it's easier to pick up other books that I might be interested in that are not as accessible. So, you know, it's, it's a constant conversation and negotiation with yourself. And understand that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. There's going to be boring bits. That's just going to happen. That's just really just going to happen. And that's okay. I remember when I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy a million years ago, um, this weird thing happened to me with a, each one of the books where I would read exactly halfway through and then halfway through the book I would stop and I would stop for several weeks and like I just couldn't bring myself to pick it up again and then I would pick it up again and I would read almost all the way through to the end so that happened to me with all three books and it was odd but that's how it happened so by the time that 
the return of the king came around, I knew that, okay, this is probably going to happen, this is to be expected, la 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 la, and so I didn't make a big deal out of it. When I read Les Miserables, uh, when I was younger, um, I also read the first volume, it was in two tomes, because that, that shit is long. Um, and the second tome, I spent like maybe six months between tomes. I read the first one in like, I swallowed it whole. And then I was so spent that I, it wasn't until like six months later that I picked up the second tome and then I read it. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have those relationships with books where there's times, there's times when I sense a novel just about to peter out and I just don't want to deal with it and so I just stop reading it before it gets ruined or something. It's weird. But, you know, sometimes you have those things. And every book is different. Like I said, there's really dense, dry books that you're very interested in, but they're not fun reading. So be careful with those. Try to set it up in a way that, okay, I'm going to read this many pages per week. And, and you set it up that way. And, and you try to make it fun. Go to the beach, go to your favorite coffee shop, whatever. <sighs> well, I hope that this has somehow inspired you to read more books. I am, it may sound like a very boring topic for some people, but... But I think that we need to be more mindful about what we're paying attention to. And reading books is a very, is a very serious decision. It's a very serious decision when you pick up a book and you sit down to it and commit to it. And it's wholly different from grabbing your phone and scrolling mindlessly through Facebook very different and that's why I think nowadays it's more important than ever to try to make that sound. I wanted to read a couple quotes from an interview from uh, a James Baldwin interview from the 60s for Life magazine. Um, he said, you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world but then you read it was Dostoevsky and Dickens who taught me that the things that tormented me most were the very things that connected me with all of the people who were alive or whoever had been alive. Only if we face these open wounds in ourselves can we understand them in other people. And I want to add to that that sometimes reading puts you, allows you to go through an experience that you would never have in your real life, right? And so it provides a door into another person's experience, another world. And so that can be a very powerful tool to become just a better citizen, a better human being, a better person in this world. I think reading books, the context and the frameworks that books provide are a great antidote to the complete disconnect and the contextualization that happens in social media where you're jumping from one post to another in a very unrelated way and you're still processing and digesting this information in one way or another in your brain but it's all disconnected and a jumble and so your brain needs to find patterns and needs to create a story and 
sometimes the stories that he comes up with are just so unhelpful and unproductive and usually have to do with how you're lame and how you're missing out and how your life sucks. Anyway, so those are my thoughts. I hope you've enjoyed it. I am hoping to hear from you either on at socialmediabloomspodcast at gmail.com or on the new Facebook group that I created and it's open, it's public, and you can post in there. You can even provide some book recommendations and just talk to each other. All right. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.